Marcus Sahaba Online Radio. Empowering the Ummah. <laughs> یہ شادی ہے بے شک محبت کا زینہ باہروں کی آمد صبا کا ترنم باہروں کی آمد صبا کا ترنم نکاق دے مسنو دکھے دل کا مرہم یہ فرما گئے Seven minutes after 11, South African time. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ahalan wa sahalan wa marhaban bikum. It's a beautiful Tuesday morning on our program, The Bliss of Marriage. Yes, it's brrrr. My wife, beloved, wonderful listeners of... Uh, Marqas Sahaba, the voice of Ahlus Sunnah Wal Jamaah. No, it's cold, Haji Sulaiman. So it is cold. It's cold. It's windy. Uh, last night was drizzling. Then it was raining in the afternoon yesterday. I see today it's a bit better, but the wind is like oh. But nevertheless, we know that now we are in winter, whether we like it or not. I see Haji Sulaiman Esop. He's the man in black this um, morning. He's got uh, a jersey, a jacket. He's got a warm hat. He's, I don't know. Uh, he, he says, uh, <laughs> it's like snowing. Yeah, but it's good. You have to dress warm. Uh, but nevertheless, Arafat bin Ibrahim Hatia is the name. I will be with you from now till 12 o'clock. And of course, my beloved engineer, Haji Suleiman Esop, he's a, a jack of all trades. He is an engineer. He is a presenter. He is a, a journalist. What else are you short of, Haji Suleiman Esop? He says he's moved his PA as well. <laughs> yeah. Where are you guys, my wonderful listeners? Uh, remember 084-786-3132. That's our WhatsApp number, 084-786-3132. International Overseas Listeners, plus 2784-786-3132. Come on. Can somebody give me a shout out and tell me, Molana um, Arafat, we are with you. I see our beloved Fadila Tulustad has just entered the studio on this, mashallah, Tuesday morning, the 23rd of Zulqada, 1444. Let's welcome um, uh, Sirius FM listeners, Haji Suleiman, uh, Haji uh, Faisal, yes, Haji Faisal and Hafiz Yusuf, uh, Asmal and company. Let's welcome them. Um, to the bliss of marriage, let's welcome the listeners of Marqas Sahaba, the voice of Ahlus Sunnah Wal Jama'ah. Yes, Usad, it's a beautiful, cold, burr morning. Let's welcome our beloved, honorable, respected Fadilatul Ustad, Hazrat Malana Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein Hafidahullah. Usad, welcome to the bliss of marriage. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Ustad. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Barakallahu feekum on Arafat. Jazakallahu khairan. Ustad, a listener wants to know what's Mufti Sab's program this week. Are you going to... Marlboro, you're going to Lewit Lechat. Somebody call me Ustad. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Nahmaduhu wa nuswalli ala rasulil kareem. Amma ba'd. All praise due to Almighty Allah, the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of the universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Insha'Allah al-Aziz, this week, yeah, Thursday evening, we will have a program in Trichat, Trichat next to Sakunda Betal. And then, insha'Allah, that will be after Isha. Jamaat is 7.30. And thereafter, Friday, insha'Allah, we'll be in Amalo for Juma, And that's at Qasim Park, Masjidul Rahman. And then after Isha also, there in Amalo. You know, Friday is a public holiday, so insha'Allah, we'll be there. The next week, inshallah, from Wednesday onwards, we will be in Northern Natal. And Wednesday night, we will be in Greytown. Then Thursday night, inshallah, in Winan. And then Friday, Jumu'ah, there, Masjid Masihullah. 
Yeah, Dr. Hansa, you know where he was, Rahimahullah. Then Friday night, day in Pune Road, day in Ladysmith, inshallah. And then Friday, Saturday morning, day in Masjid Kibriya. And then Saturday night after Isha, Masjid Rabia, day in Escort, Ulama program, religious advices and so forth. And then Sunday is the Jalsa, inshallah, in the morning, 11 o'clock they in escort and the week after that inshallah the week of eid put it like that so inshallah that will be our south coast tour tuesday night inshallah is pingo rail and then wednesday night port shepston the town masjid Jummah masjid and then Thursday, inshallah, Eid will be there also. So that will be about 7 o'clock or 10 to 7, the lecture. And thereafter, at night, after Isha will be in Harding, and Jumma will be there in Amzinto, Moana Osman Kadwa. And then Friday night will be there, inshallah, Mirbank. So all these <coughs> programs, you contact Moana Imran Kamisa and Moana Ismail Karim, my nephew, Spingo Beach. So inshallah, they will enlighten you and give you further details. Details, inshallah. Somebody says, I married a widow, Stad. I can't have kids. I have been in their lives for 15 years now. Now my wife and kids want me to legally adopt them and for them to take my surname. What is the Islamic ruling? I love them and I don't want to hurt their feelings. I am the only father figure in their lives, Stad. Remember that if you got married and this lady here you married is not the biological yeah, saying she came with her children and so forth. Now you are not the biological father and you are taking care of them and so forth. So that's good. There's no problem. And even if it's a daughter and so forth, yet you become their mahram. Once you have consummated the marriage with your, this wife of yours and then Quran, they are rabab, rabiba and plural rabaib. Chapter 4, Surah 4, Surah Nisa, verse 23. So all that in its place, but for you to register them, that is, the children, on your surname or your name, totally haram, that is absolutely haram. Surah 33, verse number 5, and that Quran Sharif speaks about this very context. There was a Sahabi, his name was Zaid bin Haritha, radiallahu ta'ala an. But the people used to call him Zaid bin Muhammad, Zaid bin Muhammad, referring to Nabi Muhammad Mustafa, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This ayat was revealed, chapter 33, verse 5. You must call the adopted children by the biological father's name. That is justice by Almighty Allah. But sometimes you have children, you go to the social workers and so forth, and then they say, okay, you can adopt this child, but they'll, they won't tell you and release the name of the father, the biological father. So Quran Sharif answers that question as well. If you don't know the name, then they are your brothers in religion. Go open Bukhari Sharif. You will find he Habibuna Rasulullah on one occasion addressed him, Zaid Anta Akhuna wa Maulana that you are our brother and our Mola. So Mola got various meanings. It can mean the master, it can mean the slave, it can mean the slave that has been freed, and it can mean friend, and many, many meanings. So it just depends which meaning you want to look in that text and context. So for you, now if you want to, then you must tell them that they are bio, they are real biological father. They must register the name on his name, not on your name. That's absolutely haram. Your intention might be good, but the hadith is very, very firm and stern on this. Manin tasaba ila abi. When you make the lineage to someone beside the original, the biological father, for alayhi Allah's curse is on that person and the people's curse, the angel's curse is on that person there. So that's absolutely haram. So you continue doing the good for them and if you want to adopt them and so forth, then you must remember that in a case like that where you 
are married now to that lady and so forth so then the laws of mahram and that they won't inherit from you but you can make wasiyah for them so that will be fine and so forth so there's no problem with that hmm. somebody says here ustad that um, can i go for hajj with my uncle's wife alone ustad Totally haram. How you can go with your uncle's wife? You are on to go with your father's brother's wife, your kaki, your chachi. So you and your chachi, your kaki, remember you are not mahram for her. You can't even shake a hand. You and your mommy, that is your mother's brother's wife, your mamaji, so your mamaji's wife. So both cases is haram for you. You do not mahram for her. You can't even shake their hand and all that Islamically. So what you are suggesting, absolutely haram. You must remember, people today look for loopholes and shortcuts and so forth. And then the Saudi government, they are destroying Islam from within. I told you just yesterday that uh, India is very happy, Modi, and he is the butcher of Gujarat, murdering our people, raping our women. And this side, MBS, the Murtad bin Shaitan, is happy. So now they from India, the plane came, the pilots, all of them female, the crew, all female, all the passengers female, no male at all. No husband, no mahram, no nothing. And they're all making labbaik, Allah wa labbaik. So how can that ever be acceptable, permissible? So therefore, these type of things we won't allow in Islam. So what you are suggesting, you want to take your auntie. So auntie will mean your father's sister. Or you must remember that your mother's brother's wife. So your mamaji's wife. So that also all haram it is, you must remember, not permissible. So, Ustad, I am in Medina, leaving tomorrow for Umrah. Mufti, I am spotting. Can I perform Umrah, Ustad? Remember that here there are three issues. I don't know if you are the same lady that yesterday also you sent messages or it was another lady. First thing, the biggest mistake you all are making, South African ladies and other ladies, you'll take this medication, that medication, and that upsets everything. Allah Ta'ala gave you a natural system. Inna Allah kataba hadihi ala banati Adam. So verily Allah Ta'ala has prescribed, ordained, that the menses will happen to you ladies. See both ways. Let's start from there. You start right from the starting of the journey. Mustafa Rasulullah left on the 25th of Zulqada. <clears throat> on the 25th of Zulqada, Saturday after Zuhur, from Medina Munawwara. <coughs> then they came there to Zul Hulayfa, Bir Ali, the Miqat, Abar Ali. They spent the night there. Lo and behold, that evening or that night or whatever, so she, Asma binti Umais, the wife of Sayyidah Bakr Siddiq, she gave birth. She gave birth to Muhammad bin Abi Bakr. So then she told Sayyidina Bakr my husband, go ask Nabi alayhi salam, now what happens? Mm. They all want to go for hajj. Nabi alayhi salatu salam told her, take a bath, everything, and make intention for her lily, and make the intention. <coughs> but you're not going to perform umrah and all these type of things during your nifas or during your menses and so forth. So it shows that the bath she took was for her personal hygiene, not that the uh, nifas is finished or something. So that's one. That was when they were starting the journey. When they were coming back, lo and behold, Sayyidah Safiya radiallahu ta'ala anha, she was in a menses, you see. When they reached Makkah, before Makkah, in Sarif, 20, 30 kilometers out, so Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha, her menses started. So then she made ifrad hajj, although she made intention for umrah, but Nabi Salam said, cancel that and make intention for hajj only. Now your situation is this. Today, ye in South Africa, and that is 23rd of Zulqa'ada. There by you is 24th of Zulqa'ada. Tomorrow is 25th of Zulqa'ada. So first thing, this is what you need to do. 
First thing, get rid of all that mess and just throw it away. You understood? <laughs> so second one is this. This is your days. You are expecting menses. So you can't be making umrah. You must make intention for umrah. Whether you're going by train or you're going by plane or you're going by taxi or bus or whatever. So you make your intention like that. Obviously, you can't read salat now. If this is your days, you're expecting your menses. So that spotting all will be part of your menses and so forth. Then when you reach Makkah or let your husband, whoever is with you, the men, they all will go and make and perform their umrah. And the other women who are clean and so forth. You will stay in the hotel room. Remember, you can take a bath, you can take shower, you can change clothes, underwear, everything. But you can't use soap, you can't use shampoo, you can't use lotion and all that. Every day you can take shower. It's much summer there. Then when you're 100%, you ladies make big mistake here also. You just want to go and perform Umrah. Then you perform Umrah today and next day you're spotting again. Then big problems again. So remember when wait and wait and wait, five, six, seven days, whatever your habit is, and you're 100% sure that now the bleeding, spotting, all is stopped, then you take your first gusal, compulsory bath, and then from the hotel you just go and make your Umrah. There's no need to go outside to Majid Aisha or Tanim or anything like that. <clears throat> so you got enough time. So therefore I gave you the dates. So you got still 25th and you got 3, 4, 5 days here. Then you still got 7 days there. So you got enough time. There's no problem. So you make intention for Umrah. Throw all that medication away. Let your menses come. And end of Zulqada or beginning of Zulhijjah, you perform your Umrah. And then when your Umrah is finished, you made your Tawah you read two rakat salat you made sa'i safa marwa then you go to the hotel room take your hair put it together and then you cut it yourself also no problem you're out of ihram then on the 8th of Zulhijjah again you will go into ihram and that will be for your hajj so don't get panic and don't listen to this one and this one and that so I gave it to you now that what you must do and take all that medicine and throw it away hmm. somebody says what is the status of a shafi Shafi'i person's wudu if he or she touches someone from the opposite gender Ustad remember this we believe in the Quran Sharif we believe in the Sunnah Mubarakah we believe in the Fatawa verdict of Sahaba and the Awliya Ullah and the four schools so if you study the Quran Sharif then you see Quran Sharif says Mastumun Nisa and you touch the woman. So the Shafi is, they say, that Lamas Tumun Nisa means when you touch a strange lady. So if the husband touches the wife, wife touches the husband, then the huzu will break if it is skin to skin, right? So Hanafis and them say, no, the huzu don't break. We find so many incidents that Siddiqa Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha reports, Inna Nabiya sallallahu alayhi sallam qabbala ba'da azwajihi. Nabi alayhi salatu salam kissed some of his wives. Thumma then he read Salat and he performed Salat. He didn't make wudu. So the reporter of the Hadith is who? Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha. So Urwa, Urwa bin Zubair. So Urwa radiallahu and his mother is Asma, Hazrat Aisha's elder sister. So he reported, open Tirmidhi and that you will find, he said, Ma hiya illa anti fadwahikat. Is no one else but you, auntie. When I used to teach, I used to tell them, Mahiya illa auntie. It's only you, O oh auntie. Auntie is the Arabic word, and auntie is the English word. And then she <coughs> smiled. So there's so many ahadiths like that. So anyway, that is why we say the ikhtilaf and differences of the fuqaha and the jurors is a rahmah. So in cases like this, the Shafi'i scholars and all of them, even Hanbalis and Malikis and them, they have conditions and all. But anyway, in this Maslayah, they follow the Hanafi school. So therefore, they will hear the Shafi'i from Cape Town, Kimli and here and there. They say, Onsmak Hanafi Hudu. 
What they mean on Smaqanafi Wudu, they mean they're making the Wudu the normal way, but they're making intention now. They will follow the Hanafi school now because they in Makkah is very difficult. You're performing Tawaf and so forth, so the men touches you, the woman touch you, the crowds are so big, so then your Wudu will not break because for Zarurat, necessity and need, we pass the Fatwa for the Shafi'is, Malikis, Hanbalis, according to the Hanafi school and all that is permissible because of great need and necessity. Somebody says, oh, start, it's a revert sister. I'm actually reading the message. It says, how do I know which contraceptives are permissible for Muslim females? My husband doesn't want any more children. I'm a revert sister, Mufti Sab. I'm a second wife. I'm only 33 years old. He will divorce me if I don't go on contraceptives. Anonymous revert sister, who started. Remember, my sister, in <laughs> Islam, that all these contraceptives and all that are not permissible. Remember that. First of all, that now for him to come and threaten you that he is going to divorce you and so forth and so on. So you must tell him that in Islam you must do the natural way. Sahaba say, Kunna na'azil wal Qur'anu yanzil. Open Mishkat, Mustad Ahmad and so forth. So what is the natural way? This is the natural way. That they used to withdraw before ejaculation and so forth. So remember that we are there, that you won't fall pregnant also, inshallah, and will be, that will be permissible. So remember that. But for him to threaten, he's going to divorce you and all that, all haram, all these things there. Yeah. And remember that he wants his enjoyment, but he doesn't want to live with the consequences and so forth. So tell him the only way Islamically in this situation will be Azal. Azal will be as I explained to you. Second one is this you are the second wife that you and I tell all you ladies, you must be very careful when you go as a second wife, third wife. Will this guy really practice on justice or not? If you put a hundred husbands today, any part of the world, Muslims, and you ask how many wives you got, they tell you two, three, four, you will find seventy, eighty percent of them are not practicing on justice. They're they favoring either the old one or either they favoring the new one and something. And what the Quran Karim teaches us, Surah 4 Surah Nisa, verse number 3 If you fear you can't do justice, O husband, then stay with one wife only. So it's not carte blanche, you know. You have there just two, three, four wives, and then you just treat them like a mistress, just like a girlfriend. Yes. Mm. Go there, bang, bang, wham, thank you, ma'am, and I'll see you next week, I'll see you next month, all that. All that is haram and all these things here. So we must learn properly what Islam is saying and not say, no, second wife is sunnah and third wife is sunnah. Yet it's sunnah, but what is first? So first is to make justice. Then how many of you are doing justice? Very small amount. Majority are abusing it. So therefore, and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam warned, whosoever got two wives, or imratan, two wives, a two is example, and he gives favor as one of them, he's giving them preference and so forth, he will come on the day of Qiyamah and his whole body will be bent one side, open Tirmidhi, open Abu Dawood, and that you will find. So therefore, this justice is very, very important. Not just go and get married two, three, four, and this can no. And then it's a beparwa, you know. You say, no, as long as you get your desires fulfilled, then it's right. No, you have to be fair and just to all of them. I see the river sister is crying, Ustad. She says that she doesn't know much of Dean, but that's exactly what's happening to her. Uh, he's got uh, my husband got a sheikh as well, so I can't do anything. I just have to listen to him, Ustad. That's so what he does. He only go. comes to me. You must tell that sheikh that this is what he's doing and Mm. this is what I told you and so forth and so on. That sheikh should tell him that he, that is not only being a murid and making zikr and all that, 
that Islam teaches us Surah the Quran says Surah 4 verse 19 وَآشِرُوهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ Treat your wives, plural is used. Use your, they treat your wives with love, with respect and justice. Sometimes our people just think that, you know, Islam is reading Salat and fasting and making zikr and uh, and making all dua and the finish. No. But what about the hukukul ibad? You must remember, if you study our Islamic jurisprudence and fiqh, our laws, mm. so remember of, you know, fatwas and maslas and all that, three quarters, 70, 75% is to do interacting with people. 25% only is to do with Almighty Allah, Jalla wala. So that is to show you that Islam is so concerned about the hukukul ibad as well, the rights of human beings and so forth. So you must explain your situation and tell the sheikh that this guy here is threatening me. Is that permissible all that? Ask him that. <laughs> totally haram it is. Somebody wants to know, Ustad, when is the first of the hijjah? Insha'Allah, today is Tuesday, so this coming Tuesday will be first of Zul Hijjah. Monday night we must scan the sky, it's 34, 35 hours. So somewhere, somewhere, Inshallah, it will be sighted, should be sighted many, many places. So Inshallah, that will usher in the month of Zul Hijjah. Learn all these things that I'm telling you. Wal-Fajri walayalin ashr. Abdullah ibn Abbas Abdullah bin Zubair all of them are senior senior sahaba and they say that this verse here Allah taking an oath remember on the time of Fajr you know nowadays Fajr is 6 o'clock and so forth so the men must be in the masjid Fajr time the women at home read on time Walayalin Ashr, the chapter 89 of the Noble Quran, the first two verses. And Allah takes an oath on the ten nights. So the ten nights refer to the first ten nights of Zul Hijjah. So how important it is, Hadith in Tirmidhi Sharif. Nabi alayhi salatu salam said that if you keep fast during this first eight days, you will understand just now why I'm saying eight days. Then, you get the reward of fasting for one whole year. And you make ibadat on these nights, these ten nights. Then, is like making ibadat and worshipping Allah on the night of majesty, the night of destiny. The hadith in Tirmidhi. And remember why I said first eight days? If you're not gone for Hajj, you're in your own country, <coughs> then on the 9th of Zul Hijjah, the day of Arafat, then you fast, then Nabi alayhi salatu salam said, Ahtasibu Allah, ayyu kafira sanat allati qablaha wallati ba'daha. Two years sins all get forgiven, the previous year and the coming year. So even if you keep one fast, remember it's totally. Then 10th you can't fast, it's Eid al-Adha. So Eid will be on Thursday, inshallah, the 29th of June. And Tuesday next week will be 1st of Zul Hijjah, inshallah, inshallah. So that is what it seems like and so forth. But we have to look for the moon and scan the sky, obviously. So that is what you should know. Then Hadith in Bukhari Sharif, Tirmidhi Sharif, Mustada Ahmad, Mamin Ayyamin. That al amalu salihu afi ahabu ifiinna ahabu min Allah. That there is no days compared to these ten days. Yeah, min adil ayamil ashar. That how beloved it is to Almighty Allah to do good deeds during these ten days and ten nights. Sahaba even asked, what about jihad? Nabi alayhi salam said, not even jihad also. Unless you go and you get martyred and then it's different. So this is very, very good hadith, Sahih hadith, Bukhari, Tirmidhi, Muslim, Ahmad and so forth. So therefore, these ten nights, ten days that are coming, we must then stay away from haram and engage and engross ourselves in good speech, good actions, good deeds fasting and you know good delight of Quran that you must make tahleel with tahmeed with takbir 
Sahib. So hadith in Mustad Ahmad. Say La ilaha illallah. Say Allah Akbar. Say Alhamdulillah. Say Subhanallah. All abundantly. So we keep our tongue also moist. Durood Sharif, Salawat, Istighfar. All will come in as well. So Allah give us tawfiq that we make qadr and we appreciate these 10 days as well of Zulhijjah. So sir, what happens? A person after Hajj went to Jiddah and has yet not performed Tawaful Wida. On reaching Jiddah, he is informed that the government has made a law of no entry to foreigners to Makkah. Now what must this person do, Ustad? So remember, in a case like that, you will have to slaughter a goat or a sheep. As a dumb, who told him he must go to Jeddah and all these type mm. of things? You went for Hajj, you didn't go for loafing and touring and so forth. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, لا ينفرن أحد منكم حتى يكون آخر أهده بالبيت So to perform the wafal wida is wajib for the afaqi, for people who come from other countries and so forth. So the hadith is sahih, open, it was Mishkat Sharif, Musad Ahmad and various compilations. So if he can't go back to Makkah for whatever reason, then you must remember in a case. The agents tell you that, remember this, but half the time they're not being honest, that you can go back sometime. We used to go after Hajj to Medina and come back to Makkah. How many times we did that? But anyway, let's say if a thing like that does happen, then you, the person, remember, the waful Vida, you must out, you have to slaughter a goat or a sheep there in Makkah <laughs> uh, or Mina and so forth. And remember this, the only person will be exempted will be a lady in her menses because I told you just now Sophia radiallahu anha the honorable wife of the master sallallahu alayhi wasallam when the night of the 14 they were departing now wanted to leave so that Aisha said but all the wives perform remember Hajj and Umrah I perform Hajj only so Nabi alayhi salam told her go with your brother Abdurrahman there to Aisha to Tanim what they call Masjid Aisha nowadays and go make so they made that uh, Umrah and he came back she Sophia radiallahu and I said my napaki my menses started Nabi alayhi salam asked her you perform tawaful ifada tawaful ziyara Hanafi say tawaful ziyara and Shafi Malik Zambali say tawaful ifada she said yeah naam so then Nabi alayhi salam said no problem idhan fanfiri so now we can depart and so mm. forth so it shows that tawaful wida is wajib and if you must eat some complications or whatever except lady in menses and so forth then there will be a dumb and you slaughter a goat or a sheep there in Makkah. <laughs> the brother says that they went for shopping. Yeah, but now it's still not Hajj, Papa. You've got to make Tawaful Vida after everything. After your Hajj and all that, when you're coming back, you must remember. So then that is the case. Unless you're asking of somebody last year or something like that. <laughs> this year, everything will still start, remember. There's, there's still now the Umrah season still going on. Hajj will start on the 8th of Zul Hijjah. <laughs> Listen to this one, Haji Suleiman. He says, uh, why is Mufti Sab afraid to go for Hajj? Because MBS will lock you up. Look at the good he's doing for the country. How can you call an Arab Muslim Murtad, a brother from Benoni? He says he works for the embassy, Ustad, Saudi embassy. Yeah, you're getting paid to you, so therefore you're supporting them. Abu Lahab is an Indian. I'm asking you. Abu hmm. Lahab is a Zulu and all that. You read in Salat Abu Lahab. So you say MBS is a Muslim because he's an Arab. Do you know if you go to Lebanon, 50% of the population are Christian approximately. <laughs> and they're all Arabs and they're all Kafirs, non-Muslims. So that first premise of yours is wrong. To say that every Arab is a Muslim. So you, you haven't traveled the world. You work here in the embassy, but you know nothing what's going on. I'm asking you, a person who rejects Hadith is Muslim. He's on interview. You don't know Arabic, first of all. <laughs> if you go and listen to his interview, he says, I reject many hadith in Bukhari, Muslim, Abu Dawud, all that. <laughs> if a person rejects hadith, he's Muslim. He says to build cinemas in Medina and Jeddah and everywhere is permissible. How much the leaf harm he's causing to Nabi Sallallahu Mubarak heart. <laughs> he allows the Jutlas and the Haramis to come to Medina Munawwara. 
Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said on his deathbed, Akhrijul Yahud wa Nasara min Jaziratil Arab. Expel the Jews and the Christians from the Arab Peninsula. My father, your father, somebody's mother tells us something on the deathbed. You know, in Memon, we got a wonderful word for this. We say, Manjo Pejo Armanwo. This was the last wish of my father. So this is Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa Our parents are ordinary people, nothing special. This is Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa the most beloved, the most precious one. And you invite them. You build bikini beaches there and all that and allow that there. And then you go when Sheikh Sali Ali Talib, he came to South Africa 2010 as Darum Newcastle guest and I was translating for him. He told the people in a Jummah khutbah, don't go to Sanamas. Thus Chef Murtad been MBS, tell him I said he's a Pakka Murtad. And if you don't say he's a Murtad, you also out of the fall of Islam. <laughs> you must understand that because you're siding with a person who is Murtad. Understand what Islam is all about. Islam is not bootlicking people who pay your wages brother Islam is understanding Quran and Sunnah and believing in it not bootlicking giving you dollars and so you also became like the scholars for dollars who closed the masjid first they closed the masjid then they went to court and now they put their admission reserved and so forth you watch all this you play with the deen of Islam then he calls all these rave shows he calls this Formula One gay drivers to come there and then you must remember how many thousand ulama and people are locked up. If you send one tweet in Saudi Arabia, you must remember this. Against the government, 30 years he locked you up, 20 years. How many Saudis are locked up? Go fly a kite, my brother. You are another <laughs> chamcha of the Saudi. If you don't know what chamcha means, so you must go find. You are another, you understand, sidekick of these people. Don't come with your fairy tales. You're working in Saudi embassy, so therefore he's a Muslim. You must remember that Saudi government today, a pakka kafir. You must oh, say, wow. I said so. <laughs> And you can quote me anywhere in the world. 19 minutes to 12 o'clock. Don't go away. Stay tuned. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. When it's uh, 16 uh, minutes uh, to 12, you are tuning and listening to The Bliss of Marriage. Remember, our WhatsApp number is 084-786-3132. Somebody says, oh, start that, uh, what can I read for a healthy delivery since I am on a preterm labor on and, and I'm on bed rest? Ustad, that's what the sister says. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. I see that brother from Benoni sent a message. He said he didn't know all these things. So that ends that chapter now. So before I answer this lady here, so I was listening to that Edward just now, that you yearned for her, then you earned for her, and then you learned from her. So today one person sent me a nice message. So the message is saying that be we or mark darmian kya fark hai so what is the difference between a wife and a mother you see so the husband was a sharpshooter so he said you see the mother she teaches us how to talk you know mm. you must talk like this talk like this like this you know when we very very young and small and all and the wife she don't give you a chance to talk you see, the, <laughs> the mother teaches you to talk and the wife don't give you a chance to talk. You just talk, they busy, busy, busy all the time, you see. So that's also a good lesson. Okay, sister, we busy with you now. Your question. So write down. All these are verses, you must write it down and you must read it all the time, inshallah. Surah 37, verse 100. You know Surah Yasin is chapter 36. So the verse, the Surah after that, Surah Safat, chapter 37, verse 100. Rabbi habli minas salihin. Oh, beloved Allah, grant me, you must remember, habli minas salihin. So grant me pious offspring, pious children. So that is, you must remember, that the first dua you must read, Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salam's dua. Second one, that now you're coming nearer and nearer to the time of your delivery and giving birth. So read Surah 21, verse 30. Surah 21, verse 30. 
اولم یر الدین کفرو ان سماوات والارض کانت رتقا ففتقناهما don't you say see the non-muslims who is Allah Allah created the heavens and the earth and the heavens and earth were stuck together <coughs> remember that then then we separated it with ease easily everything is easy for Allah so remember now you the mother and the fetus the unborn baby you are stuck together so inshallah your labor pains everything become easy so surah 21 verse 30 in the 17th subhara read that abundantly and give out charity daily inshallah allah jalla will make it easy for you inshallah Uh, I just want to know from the engineers who start if our internet is right because listeners are sending messages we have lost reception on our decoders. No internet. Please advise us what to do. Sister from Cape Town. The other one says it's a repetition at the bo- at the moment. A repetition problem in broadcast. So I don't know about that. Anyway, let's go to our next question. Remember 084-786-3132. Somebody says here who start that um, uh, many women are married to narcissists when they finally leave them, they don't have any support structure. Based on this, they say women must be independent. Is this correct to start? Totally incorrect. You must remember that, first of all, understand what Islam says. Islam says that from the time you are born, and as a lady, a girl, then till the time of your marriage, all the expenses will be, but your father will be responsible for all that and then when you get married right till the time of your death so remember your husband is responsible so if you look at it in islam remember from the womb to the tomb from the cradle to the grave the woman is receiving all the time therefore even inheritance that she will get half normally compared to the male not because of favoritism or something but because the expenses the man has to pay and that are much, much more compared to the female. So that is the main reason. There are other reasons, but this is the main reason. Now you must remember, now you say, no, you need independence, you need this, you must have a profession, all that. I am asking you three questions. Question number one is this, selection of spouse. When ABC person came to propose to you, you be honest. What were you looking at? You were just looking at Mal and Jamal. 90%, 80% of the time, the Muslim families do that. So, whether it's South Africa, Arab countries, or India, Pakistan, wherever. So, we look at the wealth and we look at the handsomeness and so forth. So, our intention already and motive is wrong. So, now that person is tired of you. Now, he treats you badly and so forth and so Why? Because there was no taqwa, there was no real piety, no fear and love of Almighty Allah. So that's one. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Limaliha, wali jamaliha, wali hasabiha, and wali diniha. When you're going to get married, look at the deen, the piety of that person. See what Nabi said after that. First, for bidati deen. You will be successful with this, with the deen. Remember that. And if you don't do that, then taribat jadak. Taribat jadak means you will put your hand in the sand. Then you will blame yourself. Open Mishkat Sharif, Mustad Ahmed, all that. So you will find that, remember, that that is what it is all about. Second one is this, that when we look now, so do we even bother about that person's belief structure? You got Shias, you got Qadianis, you got Agakhanis. These people are not Muslims. Yesterday I sent out the whole, I don't know, 20 pages. Or I sent it to Mona Arafat also today. Jews, that so that about Khomeini and Shias from their own books. We gave you the references of their own books. Allah reward our Mona Zahid Khan and that. He also helped a lot in that. So you must remember these things here. So the point I'm making here is this, that we must look at the belief structure. See, I give you two sayings, and both of them are so important. When I was in Iraq, it was in 2000, you know, so I used to love going to the bookshops and looking. So there's a kutayb, a small book, book that I got it still here in my house. So Al-Imam, Al-Hasan al-Basri, Al-Wa'iz, Al-Bakka, there's the title of the book. 
Sayyidina Hassan Basri is a Tabi'i. He was born there in Medina Munawwara. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu made his tahnik and took the day, chewed it, inserted it in his mouth and made the dua, Allahumma faqihu fiddin. Ya Allah, give him tafaqquh fiddin. The true, deep, profound understanding of Islam. Wahhabibhu ilan nas and make him beloved to the people. When people tell me to make tahnik, I make the same dua also. Alhamdulillah. So he grows up there in Medina. When 14 years old, his family left. They went there to Iraq and they settled in Basra. Hence, Hassan al-Basri. Hassan Basri said, when somebody comes for my daughter, so first thing I will look at is taqwa. If things work out, remember that, then what more can I ask for? They're bringing coolness to my eyes, joy to my eyes. And if things don't work out, then the taqwa in that person will prevent him from making zulam and oppressing my daughter. What profound words, what profound statement it is. We are now, <coughs> we are now here <coughs> in South Africa and that in winter. He said, O oh, Ummah, see how good it is in winter. Days are short, you should try and fast as much as possible. Nights are long, so you must take out more time for your tahajjud, for your salat and tilawat and all these things. So these are the great, great people, remember this, they're giving us advice. But we don't want to listen. We say, now, nah, how can I give the, my daughter to this person here? His wages is only 10,000, 15,000, 20,000. So I asked him, how much you want? He said, money, mom, I want my son-in-law must get wages 50,000, 100,000. Then we can talk, mm. you see. So now the whole thing rotates around the money. Whole thing rotates around the handsomeness and thus and thus and all. So our priorities are wrong. So when both sides, the husband also most cases is wrong and the wife also is wrong. So what happens then now that marriage turns sour? It turns, you know, against now. It goes problems. Now you say, yeah, this husband is narcissist. This husband is this. Is this. But I am telling you, it works both ways. You must remember that both parties are guilty in most cases that they don't look at the belief structure. I'm asking you that 100 girls, ladies get married, right? To the 100 boys and so forth, to the 100 men. Who of these 80 ladies will ask are that men, how parbant, how punctual are you with your salat? I'm asking you. If you get 10% also, 20, you'll be lucky. How many men will really ask the lady and people that this lady, if how good and meticulous, particular she's about her salat and namaz? Sayyidina Omar, in Muatta Malik, you will find this. Sayyidina Omar was running half the world, quarter the world. Today they speak of CV, curriculum vitae. They speak of biodata. They speak of resume when you want to apply for a job, you know. So these are the words they use. Then they will see where you studied, what your qualifications, experience, all that. Sayyidina Omar used to say, go study that person's salat. If he is very, very particular with salat, then give him the work. Let him do the work. But if he doesn't, he's a little bit lackadaisical, don't give him the job. If he can squander swalat, he will squander everything else. See where, what Islam is teaching and where we are. So these are the lessons we must learn. Mm. Uh, we're busy sorting the problem out. I see many, many listeners are saying it's a repetition, it's cutting, not sorted out. So uh, just hang on there, inshallah. We, we're busy sorting it out. Uh, somebody says, Ustad, my mother-in-law doesn't tell my husband when he's abusive because she's after his money. She does this with all her children's gossips behind their backs, Ustad. So remember that when you're having problem like this type of things, so why must you go and tell mother-in-law or mother and so forth? Quran says, وَإِنِمْ رَاتٌ خَافَتْ مِنْ بَالِيَا نُشُوزًا أَوْ إِعْرَادًا 
فَلَا جُنَاهَ عَلَيْهِمَا اَيْ يُسْلِحَا بَيْنَهُمَا سُلْحَا وَسُلْحُ خَيْرِ When there's problem, husband, wife, and the husband is the guilty party, then try and resolve the matter between the two. Don't get other parties involved in all that. When you can't do it at all, then you bring in the third party and so forth and so on. So what we do now, that we will go tell A, B, C, X, Y, Z, and this one, and this one, and so forth. So remember, this is a huge mistake we are making, that between a husband and wife, try and resolve your issues among yourself. I see the brother says that uh, from Benoni says, tell Muftisab the embassy is still open, the Saudi embassy. I don't know who's that. So remember <laughs> this type of things. I don't want to see you. I don't want to see your embassy. Remember, we don't see murtads. <laughs> Somebody says, Ustad, what should our response be when asked about whether our beloved Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, had more than four wives at a given time? Firstly, is this true? Was this before the command came? And do we know the reasons? A revered sister, Ustad. Sister, remember Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah Ta'ala gave certain special laws. Mm. So if you study the Quran Sharif, I read for you the verse, this is only for you, O Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, not for the believers, for us, that maximum we can have at one time four wives. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam at one time had nine wives. So remember though, now the Orientalists, the non-Muslims and all of them, the verse I'm referring to, sister, go and read it, chapter number 33, Surah Ahzab, and you must remember verse number 55-0, Surah 33 and verse 55-0. So that is, you must remember what we say on that issue. Second one is this, why did Allah Ta'ala allow when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam married Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha, then he, the master, alayhi salatu salam, was 25 years old and she was 40 years old. It was only one wife. And the marriage subsisted for more than 25 years. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's youth was with Azad Khadija radiallahu anha. And there were six children, four daughters and two sons. Then in the last 10 years of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's life, so from 52, 53 till 63, then the other wives came. So it shows what the West want to say. You must remember that is totally rejected, that this was because of worms, fancies, desires, and so forth. No, it was to show the Ummah that how we must be treating our different, different wives. Somebody will have a young wife, look at Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Hazrat Aisha. Somebody will have a wife that is a widow, so how Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam treated them. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam got married to divorces, how Nabi Sallallahu treated them. So that is the main reason and to protect and preserve the deen, everything of the Master, his public life, his private life, everything is documented and so forth. So that is why. I give you one example, sister. Do you know, you're a new Muslim, right? You said you're a revert. Yeah, mm. yeah. Do you know today in Japan, today, today in Japan, there's a big debate going on that they're allowing daughters, girls, that they can be sexually active and so forth from 13 years onwards. The West is quiet on all these type of things. Yeah? So now the people say, but it is, this is not, are we not giving now scope to people and encouraging people to rape and so forth? So this is currently going on there. So everything of the Master والسلام, will be hujjat, will be dalil, will be uh, the evidence for people, for humanity and posterity. Why? Because he, Nabi alayhi salatu salam said, so uh, Quran says, Surah 21, Surah chapter 21, and that is Surah Anbiya, verse 107, We have not sent you, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi but as a mercy to the entire universe and creation. So that is what you must understand, sister. Barakallahu feek. Salaamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaykum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Marcus Sahaba Online Radio. Empowering the Ummah.